0: Hello Mark Jha, thanks for tuning into this podcast. Mark stands for Meet with God, reach out to others, know his purpose for your life, and to develop your potential. I want to encourage you before we even get started to ask God to soften your heart, open your mind to receive what he has for you. You're loved by a great God.
1: Well, welcome everybody. Um... I am Aaron's wife, Heather, and um, have the privilege of bringing the word to you guys tonight. Um, And if the battle to get here is anything like what God wants to do in your hearts, then it's going to be a good night. I have to tell you that this wasn't even originally buttoned up, I had come to a place of peace on my way here and was praying and thought that I'd kind of made it through my obstacles and walked up to the Starbucks drive-through window to pick up my mobile order um, of my iced eggnog latte and with the first sip it went down my brand new shirt. So. Um, I was like, well, I should not get cocky that I'm done with walking through things. But um, I looked at the guy and I'm like, napkins, napkins, quickly, but it didn't come out. So um, we're going to talk, Aaron talked a couple weeks ago about a secure love and us needing to know that we are secure in Christ's love, and that he loves us and who he is and what that means for us. And so we've been talking about these foundational blocks and today we're gonna talk about a significant purpose. And this is important because it's something we all want to know. We wanna know what is our purpose. It's one of the most like foundational questions that we ask when we walk on the earth is what is our purpose? Why are we here on this big ball floating around in the universe, right? What is my purpose? And when we understand our purpose or don't understand our purpose, it affects all of our decisions, where, what we do with our time, what we do with our lives, where we're going, who we communicate with, who we pull close. Our purpose is kind of wrapped up in everything. And so I'm going to go through a lot of scripture tonight. And luckily for you, you have Bibles on your table so you can follow along. Um, We're going to start in Philippians here. uh, Chapter 2, starting in verse 1, it says, Is there any encouragement from belonging to Christ, any comfort from his love, any fellowship together in the Spirit? Are your hearts tender and compassionate? Then make me truly happy by agreeing wholeheartedly with each other loving one another, and working together with one mind and purpose. Don't be selfish. Don't try to impress others. Be humble, thinking of others as better than yourselves. Don't look out only for your own interests, but take an interest in others too. You must have the same attitude that Christ Jesus had. Though he was God, he did not think of equality with God as something to cling to. Instead, he gave up his divine privileges. He took the humble position of a slave and was born as a human being. And when he appeared in human form, he humbled himself in obedience to God and died a criminal's death on a cross. Therefore, God elevated him to the place of highest honor and gave him the name above all names. That at the time, at the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth. And every tongue declared that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Dear friends, this is verse 12. Dear friends, you always followed my instruction when I was with you, and now that I am away, it is even more important. Work hard to show the results of your salvation, obeying God with deep reverence and fear. For God is working in you, giving you the desire and the power to do what pleases him. I know that sounds like a lot and it sounds like what does it have to do with purpose, but we're gonna get into that. The word purpose, the definition, the reason for which something exists or is done, an intent or desired result, a goal. We have to know what our goal is, what our purpose, why why we exist. Jesus knew his purpose. Back in verse eight it says, um, he did not, well actually start in verse 6, he did not think of equality with God as something to cling to. Instead, he gave up his divine privileges. And when he appeared in human form, he humbled himself in obedience to God and died a criminal's death on a cross. Jesus knew what his purpose was. He knew his purpose here on earth was not to cling to the equality he had with God. He was fully human and fully God all at the same time, and he could have clinged to that equality with God, and in a few cases used it to better himself or to bring power to himself. The devil tried to tempt him with those things, you know, in the desert. He, he said, you can turn that stone into bread. You can have whatever you want. You can call down the angels, and they, save, they would save you if you jumped off this building. Do it. But he knew that that wasn't his calling while he was here on earth. That his calling while he was here on earth was to walk as a man and to show us an example of what a human walking on the earth, filled with the Spirit, can do and have influence. From the outside appearance, he wasn't somebody that most of us would have been attracted to, but he drew crowds of people around him because of the Spirit of God that lived inside of him, because of the works that he did through that power. And so he knew his purpose while he was on earth. There's many times that he even knew the timing of when those things should happen, right? When his mom tried to get him at the, the wedding in Canaan to turn the, the water into wine, he didn't want to because he knew when he started to perform those miracles and be noticed, he knew that his time was getting short. And he was trying to delay that. In several occasions, after he healed somebody, he told him, don't, don't go tell anybody. Don't share that I am the Messiah, even though you understand that I am. Because he knew his purpose and he knew his time, and he wanted as much time to walk on the earth as possible. And he knew the more people understood that he was the Messiah, that the closer he would get to having to be on the cross. And so we've got to understand our purpose. A lot of us walk around resisting the work that God wants to do inside of us. We resist the purpose that he has us here for. And the problem with resisting the work that God's trying to do inside of us when we're fighting with him instead of just giving in to the processes, we fall into the enemy's hands. Then he has us exactly where he wants us. Because if we're not working with God, then we're working with the enemy. Not intentionally, not like we've declared that we're, you know, not like the... <laughs> I won't go political okay um not that we I was gonna say like the anarchists okay they've declared that that's who they're working with right they want anarchy and so they're just destroying things and rioting and that kind of thing not that we've declared that we have no desire necessarily to be working with the enemy but if we're resisting the things that God is trying to teach us and if we're resisting the work that he's trying to do inside of us then we're working with the enemy because we're not working with God. And so we have to understand our purpose. We have to know what God's trying to do inside of us. We have to know why he has us here. Otherwise, we're working on the wrong side. A few verses having to do with purpose. I really liked this one. In Exodus 9, I'm going to say these too fast to look up, so don't try to turn there, but you can write them down and look them up later. In Exodus 9, chapter, or Exodus chapter 9, verse 16, it says, but I have spared you for a purpose, to show you my power and to spread my fame throughout the earth. He was talking to the Israelites. He had spared them for a purpose so that, his, that he could show them his power and to spread his fame throughout the earth. Not much has changed in this world. That's what he wants of us. Proverbs 1, 3. Their purpose is to teach people to live disciplined and successful lives, to help them do what is right, just, and fair. Proverbs 19.21, you can make many plans, but the Lord's purpose will prevail. If we're fighting against God, his purposes will prevail. It will be through us, or it'll be through somebody else. Or he'll get it done in us, no matter how long it takes. The Israelites wandered around for 40 years. He had a purpose and a plan for them to occupy a land, but they didn't want to do it his way. They didn't want to go in and face the giants. They didn't want to do that. They got a a report, and then instead of believing that their God was big enough to do it, they looked at the circumstances and said, there's no way on earth we can defeat those people. And it cost a generation the chance to occupy the promised land because they weren't working with God. They were working against God. God will... God's purposes will prevail one way or another in our lives and we should be working with him. It's an easier process. Isaiah 44:8. Do not tremble, do not be afraid. Did I not proclaim my purposes for you long ago? You are my witnesses. Is there any other God? No, there is no other rock, not one. So what is our purpose? Our purpose is to be conformed to the image of Christ Jesus. He came to show us that example. That's why when I read before that he didn't think equality with God was something to cling to. He wanted to show us the example of us walking on the earth. And our second purpose is to, show, to bring God glory by the fruits we produce in our life, by being fruitful. What does that mean? What does it mean to be fruitful? By, by walking out in obedience, by working with him, by being influenced in other people's lives as we're transformed into his image. In 2 Timothy, chapter two, verse 19, and go ahead and turn there, we're gonna stay here for a little bit. It says, nevertheless, God's solid foundation stands firm. That's what we're talking about, right? Foundations. Purpose, love. We're going to go on to talk about hope next week. Nevertheless, God's solid foundation stands firm, sealed with this inscription. The Lord knows those who are his, and everyone who confesses the name of the Lord must turn away from wickedness. In a large house, there are articles not only of gold and silver, but also of wood and clay. Some are for special purposes and some for common use those who cleanse themselves from the latter will be instruments for special purposes made holy useful to the master and prepared to do any good work flee the evil desires of youth and pursue righteousness faith love peace along with those who call on the name of the lord out of a pure heart we've read that verse a lot but i want us to go back up to verse 20 in a large house, there are articles not only of gold and silver, but also of wood, clay. Some are for special purposes and some for common use. I did bring props, as Aaron said. Um, I'm gonna figure out how to do this on this little table. And what I should have done is like moved this off because I don't really need it. So this is coming here with you all. I have a series of glasses. This is your standard glass, wine glass, just regular glass, nothing too special. This would be a hand-thrown wine glass made from pottery, Okay, Often these days, we're using just your standard glass mason jar as a cup. And then this is crystal. I don't know if you can hear it. but. This is a crystal glass, this is one of Aaron's, ours. they do not get used very often um, in our house with little children, but um, also because we don't drink wine, so that's a problem, but um, this is our crystal glass. All these serve the same purpose, right? They're all to be drunk out of, we all, we, will, we can pour something in it, we can take a drink, but they all are used on different occasions, correct? depending on how, how much they've been refined. This one goes through the most refining, right? And then the glasses, and this one is probably the least refined. And they all have the same purpose. We all have the same purpose. But depending on how we allow God to change us, how we allow him to work in us, depends on how he can use us. Depends on what we're called to do. We, Aaron and I, today sat down um, with people from the Navy, the US Navy, because Aaron um, had an uncle, a great uncle, that died at Pearl Harbor. He was the purser on the Oklahoma. And they've identified his remains and would like to do a full burial. And um, so that's going to be, he's going to be buried, the the remains that they found in Arlington National Cemetery. But it was a big deal. We had people from the State Department, from the Navy, coming to sit in Aaron's parents' house. And you couldn't, I, I wasn't probably going to serve them something in this, was I? It's going to be something of a little higher quality, though actually it was a Starbucks red cup. but. <laughs> But that's pretty high quality, right? (laughs) Not just any coffee. (laughs) I waited a while for that coffee. Um, Okay, but there's different purposes and different uses. And sometimes we're sitting on the sidelines and we're watching people get used. We're watching God move this person this place or do this for this person. And we're sitting back and going, well, why isn't he using me? Why, Why am I not called to that? Or why is that not? Why can't I do that? And sometimes it has it, it's because we haven't let him refine us to the same level as that other person. Or he has a different pers- purpose for us. Maybe that person stopped right here. But God says, I want to use you for the highest purposes. I want to use you in greater places. And so I need to refine you more. And this takes longer than this. This can just be thrown by hand. i I I probably wouldn't get it that even, but it it can be thrown by hand. This is a long process. Did you notice it was started out with sand? Something so small, such a fine particle, melted down and then they put those chunks in. One of the things that I found, what I find interesting in that is, did you see all those broken pieces of glass that they poured in, in order to cause the crystal to smooth out? They pulled on it, they stretched it, carefully sculpted by hand. It was in and out of the fire to keep it warm, to keep it moldable. God keeps us in and out of the fire, and, and we fight that process. When I was talking about fighting him, if we're not working with him, we don't want to work with him because we don't want to go inside the kiln again. We get tired of being warm, and we want a break. It had to go in at 840 degrees Fahrenheit. I, um, a few years back, had printed out a kiln firing chart, and it says, firing converts ceramic work from weak greenware into a strong, durable form. As the temperature in a kiln rises, many changes take place in the clay. And understanding what happens during the firing process can help you avoid problems. And then it says the following chart will help you. It's the same thing with us. If our expectations are correct of what walking out the Christian life is like, if we know what our purpose is with walking with Christ, then we will avoid problems as the temperature goes up on our lives. This says somewhere around 500 degrees when you have a dull red glow. um, This conversion creates stresses in the clay. So temperature increase and decrease must be slow to avoid cracking the work. Sometimes we just want out of the fire and God knows if I pull them straight out of the fire, they're going to crack. We have to be patient with the process because he knows what he's doing. He knows how he's forming us. He has to heat up slowly, and he's got to bring the heat back down slowly. We can't just quickly be removed when we're in the midst of trials, when we're in the midst of having our things around us changing. When you're between 300 and 800 degrees, the temperature must be raised steadily, and ample air must be present to permit the complete burning off of impurities in the clay, along with paper, wax, etc. As the temperature goes up, it has to steadily go up to burn off our impurities, the things that that sometimes we cling to, that we want to keep close to us because it's part of our personality, or someone in our family's always done that, or that's just who I am. And God's saying, if you let go of that and conform to the image of my son, if you walk out in my purposes and, and you release and give me control, then then it's going to be better. I need to burn that off. But we hold back and we get stuck in that temperature and studying them, letting them increase. It literally says that between 1,100 and 1,200 degrees, that soaking, or the process of holding the end temperature, increases the amount of matter fused. The glass is stronger if it gets held at the highest temperature. That, that, that gives me goosebumps because I don't want to be held at the highest temperature either. I don't want to have to sit at a high temperature for a long time, but there's people around our globe tonight that do, that they live every moment in fear of their lives. And we live in a country where the temperature is slowly increasing. And for some of us, we, we already live there, but most of us we don't. And as it has increased, we get a little scared and we work against him. If we don't understand the process, then we get off course from our calling and we get out of touch with our purpose. Recently in watching a Beth Moore video series, she was talking and saying that our callings are wrapped up in our obedience. Our callings are wrapped up in our obedience. And I just kept cycling that in my head. My calling is wrapped up in my obedience. See, these, like we said, all have the same purpose. But what I'm going to call them to do is different based on the quality that they're made. Based on, I I mean, this one I, I can pretty much give to anybody. This one is more casual, really casual. And this one I can I can use for a higher purpose. And so my calling is wrapped up in my obedience. So am I being obedient to the process of the kiln? Am I okay with him sticking me in and out? It was why I shared with you about my shirt. Because I kind of thought when I left my house that my trials were over today. I literally just in the car driving to the Starbucks was like, yes, I got the message. I survived this day. And then... <laughs> when I took the sip of the coffee and it ran down my shirt, it was another moment of, like, how am I going to respond? What What is my response at this moment? Is my response to freak out, drive home, change my shirt? Or is my response to say, okay, well, thank goodness I have an outer shirt and I can button it, all right? <laughs> it's We have to be careful of our responses, and that's a silly little thing. But we're, we're all going through things that are bigger than that, right? Decisions that are bigger than that, li- life choices that are bigger than that. And there's, and there's choices to be made in how we respond to those, because our obedience and how we respond will depend on how God can use you. He was obedient even unto the cross. He humbled himself. He came in the very form of a slave. Second Timothy. Chapter 3, verses 10 through 13. You, however, know all about my teaching and my way of life, my purpose, faith, patience, love, endurance, persecution, sufferings. What kinds of things happened to me in Antioch, Ichom, and Listeria? The persecutions I endured. He just said, okay, yet the Lord rescued me from all of them. Do you know that when he was in Listeria, it was either in Listeria or one of the other times, he was literally stoned to the point of nearly death they left him because they thought he was dead and somewhere from underneath the stones this was Paul speaking he raised his hand and he survived but he doesn't say I was nearly dead he said yet the Lord rescued me but the Lord didn't rescue him before the stones started flying God rescued him at the end of it he had to walk through the trial He was literally stoned, and I'm sure his body looked like it had been stoned. But yet, he refers to it as, Yet the Lord rescued me from all of them. In fact, everyone who wants to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will be persecuted, while evildoers and imposters will go from bad to worse, deceiving and being deceived. He's saying, We will be persecuted. While you watch people around you who have not chosen Christ to be elevated, to get the things they want, to look like they're happy, to look like they're walking in joy, you're going to be persecuted. This is why knowing our purpose is important, because if we don't know our purpose, we're going to abandon ship when that non-Christian beside us is getting the blessings, when it looks like they're getting the promotions over us, when it looks like things are happening for them and they're not happening for us. If you don't know what your purpose is and you don't know that you're loved by the Lord, you're going to abandon ship, because who wants to walk through that if you don't have the purpose deep down inside of you, that God loves me, he created me for something bigger than this world? something bigger than this moment. Ann Voskamp in her book A Thousand Gifts says that expectations ruin our relationships. Our expectations and what we expect out of life really set us up for, for either f- disappointment or for gain. And th- she says they steal our joy and they rob us of our peace. So if our expectation with our life is that we're going to get the American dream, the 1.2 kids, the house with the picket fence, the corporate job with the nice 401k, most likely your expectations are going to take away your joy and they're going to rob you of your peace because that's not the reality for most people. For most people, it, it's it's earning their way up and working and and... It doesn't go quite that smoothly and so you have to have proper expectations and our expectations have to come with knowing what our purpose is and our calling. Beth Moore has a a video series that's called Cast Your Cares and she said that expectancy is the perfect swap for anxiety. Trade your thoughts of inadequacy instead expect God to come through. If you don't have to set expectations that are, okay, God, well, so you said I've got to change my expectations, so God, my expectation is that you're going to send me $1,000 tomorrow to pay off all my debts so that I can go to the mission field and be with you or however much money. That You're still setting your up. Self up for failure. But if we live in a state of expectancy, just expecting that God's going to come through, that expecting He's going to do the things that He says He's going to do, expecting that He has you and He loves you and He wants good things for you, but expect in, in expectancy that even though you're in the fire right now and the temperature is going up, that God has a purpose because He's taking you from this to this. Expectancy. What are you expecting? Are you expecting that you're staying here? Or do you want to be refined into something that's better? If we understand that our purpose is to bring glory to him, that our purpose is to be conformed to the image of Christ, then we will not be surprised when we are put in the kiln again and again and again. Because it means that the impurities are fading off. And it means we can be used for a greater calling. Romans 8 Yet when we suffer now, yet what we suffer now is nothing compared to the glory he will reveal to us later. For all creation is waiting eagerly for that future day when God will reveal who his children really are. Nothing compared to the glory he will reveal to us later. Moses only saw the back of God as he passed by and he glowed for the rest of his life. That is immense glory. If we just get in his presence, it often changes our attitude. Verse 20, against its will, all creation was subjected to God's curse, but with eager hope. That's that expectancy. Creation lives in a state of expectancy for what's coming. The creation looks forward to the day when it will join God's children in glorious freedom from death and decay. We wait with eager hope. We expect him to do the things that he says he's going to do, an expectancy that we are his kids. It said, and I hadn't even caught this before, that as we believers also grown, even though we have the Holy Spirit within us as a foretaste of future glory, the Holy Spirit within us is able to to have incredible power it said in the New Testament that we can do even more than our Savior did. Well, He raised people from the dead because of the Holy Spirit within Him. Paul was shipwrecked twice. He was stoned. He was almost killed by poisonous states, and he survived it all because of the Holy Spirit that was within Him. But that says that's just a foretaste of the future glory. After the kiln, the glass, and the video was left to cool overnight, sometimes I think that's where we feel like we get stuck, in a dark cooling place, without purpose, but we're just shoved away and no one sees us and we're just waiting there, but God knows he's got to bring the temperature down, he knows he's got to wait for the right time, and as we wish the process was over, then he brings out the cutting tools, like in the video and he starts to cut on us, and he starts to sculpt us, and he starts to give us patterns and designs and make us beautiful. This one was turned that way, not cut this way, but it's the same idea. Because he wants to make us into something softer. This might be harder, this might be harder than this. This is softer than all of those. And it's able to be formed and cut on into something beautiful. Then the glass goes through inspection. I read somewhere in the last day that we who are his will be judged first for the things that we have done. So even more so to be scared for those who don't know the Lord. We will be inspected. God is going to call on us to answer for for life. And I don't say that to scare you, but to, to challenge you. If your calling is wrapped up in your obedience, so will your obedience come out that day. If you're standing before him, don't you want to say, yes, look at what I did with what you gave me? He doesn't expect you to create things you don't have or to do things that he didn't call you to do or to act out of giftings that he didn't give you. But to even the one in the parable that he gave the one talent, he he doubled it to two talents and the Lord was pleased with him. But it was the person that never came out of the cooling room, that dug the talents into the ground because he was afraid of what the master would say. God's not going to be afraid if you start taking risks, if you step out of your comfort zone and start doing things that he's called you to do. You have dreams, you have visions, you have things inside of you that God wants you to do. But we sit inside the cooling room going, it's a little too scary to come out. I was just in the fire. I don't know that I want to come out and be cut on. But we have to, because that's how we get to the finished product. But unlike the crystals in the video, God purchased us while we were still sand. He didn't wait to make sure that the finished product was high enough quality to go on the shelf. The crystals in the video, they'll inspect each one and make sure there's no imperfections. Otherwise, if there's imperfections, they get tossed into that bin of broken glass and then used on another piece. He doesn't wait for that. He purchased you already while you were yet sand, before you were born. He knew you before you were in your mother's womb. He knew what your life was going to be like. He bought you knowing what your purpose was, and he wants you to live up to that. He wants you to take risks and live it out. I know this is heavy, and it's not easy. Even even where I stand today, um, one week from being very old, <laughs> purpose still, <laughs> what's very old, huh? I will be 40 in one week. Um, You start to think about purpose. Yeah, well, it's old, so you start to feel old, though, when your son tells you your hands look like grandma's, so um, I'm feeling it a little more than some, so there we go, that'll lighten the moon, But, um, but you start to think about purpose. The things that I, I dreamt of and dreamed of and thought about when I was 17, eight years, 17, 18 years old, you know? The plans and the purposes I had for my life at that point in time have changed. I was going to be a doctor. I was going to cure the Ebola virus. Obviously not a doctor and not curing the Ebola virus, but. I wouldn't change what the pl- path that God had for me at all. The call to be a doctor led me to a different s- college than I thought I was going to go to. I had plans to go one place, and God said, no, go here. And so I went to Oregon State, and if I hadn't have done that, then I wouldn't have gone to church in Salem, and I wouldn't have met my husband. And if I hadn't have met Aaron, then I wouldn't have the four amazing kids that I have now. And I wouldn't have the adventurous journey that we've walked in the last 18 years. <laughs> wouldn't have days where you're meeting with people from, from the Navy after, it just, there's lots of random in our life and I love it. I love every moment of it. I love all the hats that we wear and all the things that God has allowed us to do. And I would like to think that that's a little bit because we've let him take us through the fire a few times. And sometimes I think that the temperature never comes down, but it does. <laughs> but we're not afraid to live there a little bit. And it can be scary at first. We, we had been in ministry for many years, and then we resigned um, for a couple years to work on some finances in our life. And I remember the temperature coming down in that season and how nice it was. And, and we were tempted to stay at that place. It was really nice to have weekends to ourselves and our own schedule and to just do what we wanted and not have the pressure of, um, of ministering to people. Not that it's a bad thing, but there's a weight that comes because it says that those who speak to people, there's a responsibility for their lives. And so there was, there was a two-year break from all of that, and it was super great. And I remember the day that we stood in the sanctuary here, and they announced us as pastors, and I felt the weight come back on us. And I I remember walking out that day going, I remember this. (laughs) It was kind of a nice break, but going, it's worth it. It's worth it. And it is. Five years later, it's worth it. It's worth the people's lives that we get to invest in and that we get to know and the, the parts that God gives us to play. Sometimes they're short. Sometimes they're long. Sometimes they're random. I, I just I don't even know another word, but they're random. But I enjoy every moment of it. I love the fact that I, I started out the day with the business. I taught my children, and now I'm here speaking with you. Because we, we have dared to let our lives look different than most people's. So what is God asking you to do? What's that dream? What's that vision that you need to, to say, okay, God, I'm going to step out because he's already purchased you. So stop fighting the process. Stop fighting what he wants to do inside of you because he just wants to purify you. And I'm going to close with this. In 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 12. Dear friends, don't be surprised at the fiery trials you are going through, as if something strange were happening to you. Instead, be very glad, for those trials make you partners with Christ and his suffering, so that you will have the wonderful joy of seeing his glory when it is revealed to all the world. If you are insulated because or if you are insulted because you bear the name of Christ, you will be blessed, for the glorious Spirit of God rests upon you. And if you suffer, however, it it must not be for murder, stealing, making trouble, or prying into other people's affairs. But it is no shame to suffer for being a Christian. Praise God for the privilege of being called by his name, for the time has come for judgment, and it must begin with God's household. And if judgment begins with us, what terrible fate awaits those who have never obeyed God's good news? And also, if the righteous are barely saved, what will happen to the godless sinners? So if you are suffering in a manner that pleases God, keep on doing what is right, and trust your lives to the God who created you, for he will never fail you. Are you suffering in a manner that pleases God? Or are you suffering with grumbling and complaining because you're fighting the process that he's trying to do in your life? When the heat's coming up, what's coming out of you? Are you submitting to the process and saying, praise God, the coffee is spilt down my shirt even though I've gotta go stand in front of a bunch of people. Praise God that my children are yelling and screaming. Praise God that I failed that test. Praise God that my family's not getting along. Praise God that I have to go spend the weekend for Thanksgiving with that aunt or uncle that I don't want to spend time with. Praise God that this person isn't talking to me. Praise God that my finances are falling apart, that my bank account isn't where I want it to be, that I didn't get that job, that I'm dropping out of school. Praise God. Or are you fighting him and letting the enemy take you right where he is at? Leaving here tonight, I want you to know you have a significant purpose. God has a purpose for you. Your purpose is to know who he is and be conformed into the image of Christ and to be his witness to the world by bearing fruit. You need to live with expectancy for how God wants to use you and be obedient so you can walk out your calling. Would you all bow your head and close your eyes? Lord, I thank you that while we were still sand, you purchased us, Lord. I thank you that though it's not the easiest message that you've called us to be conformed to your Son, you've called us to walk out things that other people don't have to walk out, that you take us through the fire to burn things off of us, Lord, to create, to create us more into the image of your son, to bring us to a new space with you, to understand you, to know you better, God. I thank you that you are an intimate God who loves each person here. And I know that you know each person's calling. Let it sink inside of them today what their purpose is, that their purpose is to bring glory to you. And I think there's some of you that know you've been fighting the Lord. That you've been fighting what he's trying to do, what he's trying to burn off, what he's trying to perfect inside of you. And he's saying, just hold still. Let me finish this process. I can't pull you out of the fire or you will crack. So just hold still so I can finish the sculpting and the molding. And for some of you, you feel like you've been just put in that waiting room and God's saying, just a little longer, you're almost cooled down and I'm going to pull you out and I'm going to start using you. But just a little longer, I need to just finish the work that I started inside of you. So Lord, we just stand before you, a people humble, a people who love you. And I just ask that you fall on each one in here tonight, God that you remind them of the purposes you have for them, and that you call them out to fulfill those callings, Lord. And I just ask these things in Jesus' precious name.
0: Amen. Thanks for tuning into this podcast. We'd like to invite you to one of our services at People's Church here in Salem, Oregon. We meet on Wednesday nights at 7 p.m. and Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. for small groups and 1130 a.m. for our main service. If you'd like to contact us, you can find us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram at MarkedYa, That's M-R-K-D-Y-A. Or you can find us at our church website, peopleschurch.com slash marked. Thanks for listening. You're loved by a great God.